Hello everybody, welcome to episode 165 of Nintendo Power Block, your weekly source of Nintendo news, analysis, and other shenanigans. I'm one of your hosts, Corey Darian, alongside me, as always, is that retro code, Eddie V. <sighs> I wish Ryu was my national boyfriend. Oh boy. Hello everybody. Ed? Yes? I feel like it's been a hot minute since we talked. How, how's it going? How's, <sighs> how's your week? How's your day? How's your life? <laughs> Things are going uh good really good um just trying to recover from september as we go into this crazy october month uh i know there's it's ridiculous i there's too many games to play and i don't have time to play any of them i literally don't have time to play any of them i've been trying to like stream the last couple nights and just so I know it's not on Nintendo platform, but I've been trying to stream Destiny the last two nights, and it's been such a nightmare trying to uh-huh. trying to even get in that I'm just like I just stopped, and I probably should have streamed something else. But uh, I went to bed at nine thirty instead last night, and it was it was nice. So <laughs> yeah, it's funny. Uh, I like like yesterday I just streamed just cause three. Like I haven't been streaming for a week and a half. Um, course of nintendo stuff but i was just like i like cut on my xbox and was just like i need to stream something <laughs> and, and i just did just cause three um, um i need to stream some more but the thing is is like i'm prepping to turn my desk 180 degrees mm-hmm. so i can use this back wall that's behind me that has my soundproof on it yes it'll, it'll probably be my green screen for streaming so it'll be a lot cleaner hopefully uh <clears throat> In terms of of my streams and stuff, but uh, yeah, man, it's it's been a long couple weeks because like I last week I worked a long week and then I worked uh, the company I work for is doing their inventory stuff and I volunteered mm-hmm. to help with it, and so I worked late Friday night and then I worked Saturday, which I don't normally work Saturdays, and this week is the is the next week of it and i have to do it again <laughs> so uh that's why we didn't have an nx show last week because everybody's out of town <laughs> and yeah. or, or busy or doing something and uh yeah and some things uh, scheduling changes might be coming in nintendo power block too because of ed's situation so we're gonna try so, to figure that out but so just to let everybody know uh i got a promotion at work so Yay! Golf clap. <laughs> uh, I gotta learn some things and hurry stuff along so I can be moved into this new position. So work could be easy. So hopefully things work out. Hopefully this leads to more Nintendo games. But I'm going to be here for the podcast. I'm not giving up. Yeah, so. I mean we we're just by scheduling we we. By Ed's situation, I just mean we're going to probably move Nintendo Power Block to a different day live uh, and probably uh, a different day uh, posting it. But, uh, you know, that doesn't mean we're not going to do it because we're doing it. This is... Yes. We, we are doing it. It just... We got, we're going to have to figure out a new schedule with Ed's schedule. So uh, it might be a little sporadic live for a while, uh, but we'll figure it out. We'll get it all figured out. So... Uh, yes. You know, it's it's uh it's a work in progress, as they say. <clears throat> yeah. So, which actually, you know, if if your if our schedule's changing, then maybe like 
my Thursday nights can be open up to do more of what like I kind of have been working on uh, in the background of the, of everything. So yeah, uh, you know, it 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 might work itself out. So you know, I, yes. I mean, the show will be fine. I'm saying my like a schedule will work itself out. So uh, yeah, so Nintendo Power Block uh, will continue. I'm just just making sure everybody knows that it's going to continue. Yes, and uh, the NX show will also continue. Yes, the NX show will also continue. We just gotta gotta get that schedule down, as they say. So yes, uh, but anyways, uh, this is Nintendo Power Block live on Mixer. If you did not know that, welcome, welcome to the stream to the podcast. Uh, you can catch us live every Thursday until we change it uh at 9 p.m eastern time for about 90 minutes or so to talk nintendo uh and what's happening in the world of if you can't join us live no big deal you can find nintendo power block on youtube spotify and your favorite podcast app every saturday at 7 a.m eastern time in edited form make sure you stay tuned for the after show where ed and i will play classic nintendo games and take your questions in the mixer chat yes uh, we are currently making our way through A Link to the Past, so uh, we will be on part two. If you can't join us live for that, also, no big deal. You can catch it uh, on YouTube and on uh, the website the following Thursday morning. So, you know, you won't miss it. Just going to clean it up a little bit, edit it, uh, and uh, it'll be good to go. You can follow me on Twitter at CoreyNH2713. You can follow Ed at that retro code and check out our network of other shows and content. Uh, so, Ed, yes. I'm, I'm, <laughs> man, I am just, I'm, I'm just trying to catch up here. <laughs> uh, <laughs> we're gonna get into the cartridge slot. Uh, we're gonna start with you uh, because that's what we always do. So, what are you, what are you playing on your Switch? So, uh, Final Fantasy Nine. Uh, return Ooh. back to that. Getting a little bit further into that. Really dig it. Um, I do. I do have a problem with this version. I don't know. It keeps sometimes in the cutscene. It'll freeze, or even in the battle, it'll freeze, and the music keeps playing. And I had to like literally like shut the game off and then clock back, get back on. Um, and then like when I get to that same part, it'll go through. And I'm wondering, I'm just like, is Square Enix going to patch this? Or did they ever just give... I have a feeling that they just well, gave they, up on patching it. Well, they patched, they patched the issue in 7, so I don't know why they wouldn't do it in 9. Yeah, I, I really don't know. I just do not know. Like, oh, man. He's, he, let me tell you, man. These, these ports need some work. Mm-hmm. Don't get me but wrong, you, though. I mean, they, they, I I do immensely enjoy the ten and twelve ports, but seven and nine specifically uh, need some work. But yeah, especially uh, that I, that music glitch. Sorry, I didn't. I don't mean. Oh to no, keep no, cutting go you ahead. Off. no, no, no. <laughs> like go that ahead. music, that music glitch that's in seven and nine. Also, it's uh, it's pretty uh, bad. <laughs> pretty bad. She can't, can't be no worse than Grand uh, Grandia HD. Ooh, the music loop is terrible. Like you can hear the edits, and it's bad. Like, uh, I, I need to get back to that game and finish it. But it was just like, man, what is up with the music? Like, what the heck happened? Like, uh, but 
uh, played a little bit more of Contra, uh, the Contra collection. Uh, ended up playing the uh, Contra game on uh, for Game Boy. Um, kind of a cool game. Not not really that bad. I think I need to play more to see if I could beat it. And I also played like uh, Contra Three, uh, the European version, uh, Pro Protector, I think. Uh, <coughs> I I need to play a little bit more. That is the same thing as the regular regular Contra Three. It just has robots as the main characters. Um, so, uh, but there is a game that I do want to talk about, and I'm smiling about this game because I actually just started Damon X Machina. Oh boy, yeah, I saw you post on on social media today your main your main character or whatever. Yes. Like I'm just like that's. It looks like your Xbox avatar. I'm not gonna lie to you. <laughs> <laughs> it, I, I didn't even think about that. Wow, I think so. Yes. Uh, so. I okay. So to give preface to this, um, the the break the first demo, the prologue ones, uh, two of the missions are in there, so they, it kind of follows there. Um, uh, but um, like the third and fourth mission is kind of like brand new to all the players who's playing it for the first time. It's like something that you haven't seen. And I got to say that if it was a little bit faster. I wouldn't I I will I would love it more but I'm cool with it being at this speed like it at 30 frames per second um, the flying really feels good and I love that there's more ammo drops in here that I'm just like oh great and how they were talking about all the like when you get close to the ammo it literally just comes to you such a, such a great time saver uh, with that um, they did change the color of the boxes so it is easier to see the enemies. The enemies now are kind of like an orange, um, so you're able to see them. And there's like actually, uh, oh, yeah, because that was like the big kind of issue I had was like the enemies you couldn't really see them because they blended in with the background a yeah. lot. <laughs> and, and I think, uh, because I uh, when I because I started and I did the update, um, they actually have a logo on the enemies, like where oh, really, they, yeah. So it uh, uh, indicator, I should say. So it has like a little black thing with like orange marking to show you that this is the enemy right there. Uh, and I'm just like, they they probably they're probably still patching it, is still working on it. Uh, I haven't encountered no slowdowns. Uh, there is a, there is a lot of talking and narrating and stuff, but because you're shooting and you're fighting, you really don't get a don't get to pay attention to it. Uh, I think you probably need to play this game with headphones if you want to be more into the story. Um, not really worry about the voice acting and the animation of it that's there um it kind of feels for right now like my first mecha game and that's great you know like damn x machina can lead you to the armor core series or gundam or any kind of like mecha stuff and where there's anime movies or more video games like damn x machina i like how the game is really starting off um the customization is getting good. I still need to unlock more customizations for my mech. Uh, because I think I'm going to end up changing colors and stuff. Um, and I kind of did... I kind of did your thing, Corey. Where you look at your character from Destiny. Uh, 
And sometimes you just be like, oh, I hate this. And you want to restart or you want to change some things. Like, even before I posted my character, I went through some color things. Like, yeah. they have some preset colors. But then you got uh, you got where you could customize, like, a mixture of colors. So you want to make it brighter or darker if you want to pick one of them. That's not on a preset color thing. Um, and I was looking at because I was looking at the eyes. And I was just like... No, I don't like these eyes. I kind of because I, I, my demo character is different than my actual. My first demo character is actually different than my character that I made for this game. I'm still trying. I choose some colors for my mech, but I didn't post it because I want to finalize it. And I think I might take my color scheme from uh, Anthem, but I might not. I might just actually do some something completely different. But. Yeah, I'm like, I understand. I don't understand why it got 5.5. So I, I don't understand why people are not playing this game. Like, it is stylish. It it feels empty, which is fine. Uh, but, like, the flying, the the shooting, the, you know, going fast and, and dodging. Even though this is the intro, everything that they showcase and I got excited for is meeting my expectations like i can't wait to play more throughout a little bit more of uh october um because i am i got spooky games that i am going to be playing i'll talk about that later on nx uh but i'm just like man i don't know why this game got average reviews why no one really didn't pick it up or anything i wonder if it's because it's like it's going for a certain thing for with a certain audience and like the pe- maybe it's the people who are reviewing it just don't get it you know what i mean like it yeah. re- a lot of people are saying it's really for like a like you said it's like baby's first armored core game but it's still like a a mech game and like there's a lot of customization and me- like methodical uh prepping you need to do in those games mm-hmm. that you know maybe people just don't get right now because there's not a lot of that out there and and it's and it's weird because if you and i'm not knocking destiny at all or even after not knocking those games but the same time the same thing that people put into destiny and anthem uh when anthem was big even the divisions but that's different it's different in a way though because like People know how to play first-person shooters, right? People know how to play third-person shooters. Yes. I think people are going into this mech game thinking they're going to go play a third-person shooter with flying, and it's not. You know what I mean? You know what I mean, though? Like, yeah, but it's it's like well the the reason why I, I I brought those games up is that it's not even a first person perspective or anything like that. It's the investment people have put into those games or getting their character right with the with the guns and the customization and things like that. And I and I do agree with you, Corey. I mm. I do agree with you. Um, like a lot of people here in America are just not used to mech games, but I, I just feel like. If you put in the work and customization that you put into some of the first American first-person shooters, you could transition that same attitude and gameplay style to Damon X Machina. And the only difference is is that there's a lot of flying. The perspective is different. There's e- it's easier because it's automatic lock-on, so you don't have to like hold the L2 button or L would you know whatever button hold it down like you just really fly around and you shoot and it's just like 
I, I guess it yes, it is for a certain audience. Um, I just wish more people would be willing to give this game a try because the as much as people were disappointed with Anthem, I don't think this game disappoints. Yeah, you know, I, I think it's a game that everybody seen a trailer. Everybody was excited. It got delayed, and I think because of the demos that came out, those demos might have hurt it to sit, hurt the sales. But it might also have just been the presentation itself that people were just like, "This is cool. This is awesome. Love the trailer." But yet, it's not a game for me because it's mech. Because mm-hmm. it's mech. Yeah, um, and I mean to me, I, that's okay if you're not like into it you know yeah. I, I there is a demo that you can be out there and, and check it out too you know like i think that uh demos for these types of games are probably a good idea just to allow people to play them and, and get a feel for it you know mm-hmm. uh i like for me like for me this isn't my type of game yeah and uh, i can understand and like i I'm not saying it's a bad game. I just I did not care for what I played the first time around, and I haven't gotten around to playing the second demo. Maybe the second demo will change my mind. I'm not sure, but uh, you know, I still want to give it a shot. But, right, and and, uh, and I think and and I think that Marvelous and, and the Grasshopper they weren't trying to sell people on the demo. They were looking for feedback. Yeah, and that's and that's. And when their attention is, we we don't we know that you got some of you people will judge us from this demo, but and that's fine. Make sure while you're judging us, tell us what we're doing wrong or what we could fix to make the game better. Because your judgment and your input help us make a better final product. Yeah. It wasn't like it was like I said, it wasn't like Anthem where it just threw a demo out for certain players. And then, like, you really couldn't even get into the demo because the server itself wasn't working. Right. You know, and they didn't ask for no feedback. They they do everything close to where the game was coming out. Right. So, um, I think if people are adventurous, if you're willing to support, you know, uh, Marvelous and uh, Grasshopper, the dev- all the developers who came together to make this product, I, I say, it's to me personally, it was worth it. $64 that I paid for this game. I played, I paid full price. Did it like even even when it, uh, the GameStop employee told me that uh, Nintendo probably thought that it wouldn't sell well or anything. I don't know the sell numbers for this game. It probably dropped off. Probably people didn't buy it. But I am excited that, you know. I mean, we don't, we don't know September or September's numbers yet. So, I mean, it could be. Yeah. Yeah. I just, I just wish, I just hope that you know by the end of the year, even by Black Friday, I'm just like if it goes on sale, I think people should pick it up and give it a try. Have something new in your library. You may not like it, you may hate it and yell it, want to trade it in, but I'm just, but I feel like you know sometimes you won't find a new game because even the story that we're going to be talking about later on, stuff like that happens to a game developer when you think. They, their products that they release are great, but yet sometimes sales don't meet the expectations, and 
uh, this thing that thing can happen but like Demon X Machina like the more I play and I can't wait to play more I can't wait till I get a sword so I customize and you know look through the stats to see what's good and stuff because of course I'm an RPG fanatic um, and like really dig in right now just from what I play it is literally scooting up into my game of the year nominee I didn't make it my game of the year nominee just yet but I think once I play more into this think it's going to take a spot there yeah well well good i mean I'm, I'm glad you're enjoying it like i i like to see games that seem to be not getting the best of praise i like it mm-hmm. i like seeing when people are enjoying it you know uh yeah so uh is that it is that all you've been playing is that everything um let's see um a title goose game i played a little bit more of um, I didn't return back to Contra Brawl Courts because I had to uh, delete switch. it off your system. <laughs> <laughs> no, I had to switch to Xbox and a little bit of PS4 because um, okay. there was some stuff that I downloaded for PS4. Um, but yeah, there's nothing, nothing else other than that, uh, other than that stuff. So yeah, that's pretty much all I've been playing for Switch and just trying to, you know get some stuff done on other consoles but yeah nice uh i mean for me it's been the same fire emblem and zelda uh link's awakening i've got i got through the second dungeon i'm trying to figure out i'm trying to like play the game without looking stuff up which is incredibly difficult in this day and age Mm -hmm. i'm trying to find the third dungeon and i have no idea where it's at uh so i'm i'm still wandering around uh did you go to the telephone no, I did not. No, I did not. <laughs> uh, but I I absolutely adore that game. I think it's an inc- incredible reimagining remake of of you know Link's Awakening. It's yeah. It's uh it's very pretty. It's very very uh it's very it, for me like it runs fine. Like I. I notice some hiccups when you like enter the town, but other than that, yeah. it's like I don't know why everybody's getting so mad at this game. It's who cares? Like it's loading the town. What do you want? This game was like made it. Whatever. I don't want to go into it. I'm just gonna get angry. Uh, but I'm <laughs> I've been playing Fire Emblem still. I'm still grinding my way through. I I I think I just keep playing it because I don't want it to end. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like I just keep going, grinding and going, and, and, and I keep playing because I don't want it to end. Uh, but and I know the end is near, uh, which makes me really sad. But I'm also like ready to play an, another game and ready for this DLC that's coming in like six <sighs> months. Uh, so it's uh, it's I, man, dude, I I love Fire Emblem so much. It's so good. <laughs> it's so good. It really is. It uh, really is. Uh, we pl- we played uh, a link to the past together. Uh, you know, we, well, by we I mean you played while I was talking and narrating. Can I tell you I was watching the stream and I even I was having fun watching it. Just like oh. yeah, I did get some feedback. So uh, when we go to stream it uh, after after Pal Block tonight, uh, no, you guys aren't going to see our faces. Uh, some people said they just wanted a clean video of it so i said mm-hmm. okay if that's what you want then that's what we'll give you so uh you probably won't see us on camera 
playing it, but you will hear us, so uh, that'll be that'll be fine. Uh, I also downloaded Final Fantasy or yeah, Final Fantasy twelve. Yeah, because I my my mom and my wife both uh, told me that I need to give them ideas for birthday gifts and Christmas <laughs> gifts, and since it's like a little over a month away for my birthday and two months for Christmas. Uh, I am trying to hold off on some stuff, uh, but Luigi's Mansion is. I will be playing Luigi's Mansion when it comes out. But like, oh yeah, Same stuff here. like Dragon Quest and The Witcher, uh, I'm going to hold off on for now, uh, and and probably ask for those for Christmas, especially because like Target right around Thanksgiving usually runs that buy two get one sale on games. Yeah, and so yeah. like. My my mom usually uh, asks me. Well, she'll be like, "Well, you can have three for your birthday and three for Christmas," and I'm like, "Oh, that's a lot." Uh, it's usually what happens, uh, but we'll see. We'll see what happens. She didn't do it last year because I started doing digital stuff, and uh, uh, kind of, I was trying to keep up with Switch stuff on my own, <laughs> which is very expensive. <laughs> so, uh, and my my <laughs> wife and I are trying to like cut back on spending and stuff and and you know i'm i'm trying i'm not doing as well as she is but you know i'm tr- i'm doing my best <laughs> uh so you know i i gotta prep for that so uh that's kind of all i've been playing on on switch i'm also kind of in the middle of like you know we on nerds gone rogue that platform we uh Nerds Gone Platinum ended, and so like I'm trying to figure out what to do with all three of our platforms here, and see like what the best way to go about it is, you know. And it's like I don't, I, I'm, I've been a little bit frustrated with that, uh, as you know, <laughs> off camera. <laughs> I've, <laughs> I've, I, and not that Nerds Gone Platinum ended. I, I, I understand. Like, look, they're all busy with family and parents, and they're two of them are parents and. Uh, you know, I I understand that kind of stuff. I'm just yeah. I I just feel like as uh, you know, kind of like the producer of all these things and trying to like do this. I'm kind of in this spot where like I kind of feel lost a little bit right now, <laughs> and like what I want to do versus what I want to do as a group and versus which you know who wants to do what and where do we do it and how do we do it you know i just like i just to be real with everybody i feel kind of lost in that area right now oh no which is like part of the reason why i haven't been streaming also this week is because i've been working on plans uh, multiple plans on like well who wants to do what who's doing what who wants to do what where and that kind of thing so mm-hmm. like you know to to be a hundred percent honest with everybody who is used to watching me on on mixer at least like that's where i'm at with that and like i'm still trying to keep i'm doing the podcast but i'm trying to figure out like what do i do slash what do we do outside the podcast you know and 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 that's that's where i'm at with that and uh you know, I just I just want to make all the show like at least all the podcasts the best podcasts they can possibly be without, you know, 
worrying about everything else but then i do worry about everything else and sometimes (laughs) like like there was a comment on on twitter the other day that you know said i don't really talk i haven't really talked much on the last couple podcasts and i'm like yeah it's probably because i'm zoning out trying to figure out what to do next instead of focusing on on the show yeah and i'm just you know trying to like trying to focus and and i need to refocus and that's kind (laughs) of where my brain's been at so i haven't really played a lot of either of those games either to be honest with you because i'm trying to save Link's awakening for stream and fire emblem is something that i play when i'm not streaming and then destiny just came out so i'm trying to figure out where to fit that in and if i can fit that in right now uh you know, and I've been watching people play it, and it's like, man, I really want to be playing this. <laughs> Shoot, <laughs> look, I'm trying to. It's uh, crazy though, because like I logged in, and all of my characters were 750. Everybody starts at 750. Yeah, I but, didn't but know this, that. Well, this is the thing that, like, probably two people besides you, Corey, have talked about Shadow Keep. And did nothing. I haven't seen anyone else talk oh, about see, Shadow. My Keep. feeds are full of Shadow Keep stuff, but I also follow a lot of Destiny people. Okay, like I follow I, Datto, I follow uh, Professor Broman, I follow uh, uh, Destin Legary from IGN. I follow. I follow pretty much every big name in Destiny. I follow. <laughs> you know, like I, I follow a lot. So Destiny has been in my feed and. My hype level for Destiny is like through the roof. I just haven't found the time to play it. Has, has there been a uh, sorry, everybody? Never getting off the topic. Servers, has there been a lot of servers are overpopulated. There are people waiting in digital lines to get in to play Destiny. As of <laughs> as of yesterday, there were over fifteen million people playing, logged into Destiny on all three platforms. <laughs> Trying to get it to Shadow Keep. So. Yeah. There, there's people are they it also helps too that everything up to i want to say forsaken is free right now so like the the destiny new light stuff is all free so that's okay. like you know all four campaigns and is, all the strikes and all the and i you, even think the first raid is free now like did you um look at destiny on your xbox the uh picture yeah the icon yeah uh is it like red and orange? Yeah. Yeah. I I I I seen it and I was just like, when did it update? It like updates. Every, it updates every time an expansion comes out. But you know, but it must have did it with it must have did it all last week then. Yeah. Um. Well, when it, I didn't because I didn't have my system on. Yeah. That's why. Well, even if you even if you don't have Shadow Keep, it's gonna update to the Shadow Keep icon. Okay. So. Uh, I mean, that's kind of like their way to say, "Hey, buy it." <laughs> but uh, okay, it, yeah. it was just yeah, it was just weird that I had. It's that it's icon. not even like it, a shadow keep icon. It's just it's just the traveler in like this black and red kind of icon mm-hmm. that just says Destiny Two on it now. Yeah, and, uh, which which is cool. That I, you know, I liked it. I think I was just I was kind of confused that you know I didn't have my system on and it just updated and did yeah. that, and I was just like. Well, the I think the icon will change regardless if you update the game or not, because that's just the new icon. So, and I wonder if they did it, uh, if they changed the icon before Shadow Keep came out. I think they changed it the week before when they. Well, I they changed it when the cross save stuff went live. I think. 
Ah, uh, okay. Which was what, like two weeks before, or like mm-hmm. a couple weeks before. So also, I logged in on my PlayStation for the first time in like <laughs> months. <laughs> uh, and and uh, all of my Xbox characters are there now, so it was kind of cool to see that actually work. Uh, I don't have a Steam account, so I don't, you know. You don't. I don't. Okay. I didn't. I didn't add it, but uh, yeah, man, it's Destiny is getting bigger. <laughs> Cause I do want to pick it up, but I think now, and sorry, cause I did promise that I was gonna pick it up Friday. Uh, I might not. I might now just like literally wait until they get their server stuff situated. Well, it's uh. it. The server stuff is is fine. It's just mm-hmm. they're overpopulated. They weren't prepared for how many people, cause you have. The people still playing on Battle.net. You have the people who migrated to Steam. You have the people on Xbox and PlayStation also. Plus you have the new free version, which drew a ton of people in because it's free. You know, like, why wouldn't you download a free game? So, and there's a lot of free, like, the content you get there, Mm -hmm. it's, like, all that free content. There's a lot of content for free, man. Like, I I really wonder how do... Because uh, I wonder if people were upset that uh, Bunchy was doing this. See, the thing is, like, usually this seems like something that the Destiny community would be upset with because, like, we've invested so much money and <laughs> time yeah. into this, and now that it's all free. But since Bungie broke away from Activision and they've been super clear with their audience and super, like, super passionate about sorry guys i know this is a nintendo podcast we'll end it soon but like they've been super upfront and super vocal about what they're doing with destiny and what they want to do with it moving forward and how they have this new freedom now and how they weren't allowed to use the term mmo because they wanted to position wow as their mmo you know yeah and destiny was just a shared world shooter or whatever and like now they're allowed to use mmo now they're allowed to use all this terminology and pricing structures that activision had in place that they're now allowed to get away from and you know they want to be able to allow people to it's going to be it's almost going to be set up like wow now where like up to a certain level is going to be free and then you you buy the expansions piecemeal but you don't have to buy them all you can just buy what you want like you can do you can skip forsaken entirely yeah and just purchase shadow keep and play the shadow keep content and still be up to light level still have like all the weapons and guns will be uh added with the most current uh uh what do you call it expansion uh-huh. there's just now like each expansion comes with its own set of strikes its own raid and its own set of you know content that will be locked behind that expansion now but you know it, everything that you, you know what i mean like forsaken yeah. is is its own thing now Shadowkeep is its own thing now year one stuff is its own thing now like it's it's starting to look more like how wow is structured instead of you know how activision was trying to keep bungie structured so it's really neat it's really interesting and like i i can't wait to see where bungie is next year because i think they will have figured it all out and like really be on top of their game you know so because because i assume that we won't we probably won't there probably won't be a destiny 3 to have a playstation 5 i doubt there will be a destiny 3 i bet whatever 
not the next expansion, but the expansion after, I bet they'll just go back to calling it Destiny at some point. And I bet that I, I bet eventually, maybe not. But they, maybe they, not the they kind of have it, but they kind of have it with the icon because mine just says Destiny. Oh, see, mine says Destiny too. I think. I think mine said Destiny. I don't know. My switch is plugged in right now, so. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, I I'm pretty sure mine says Destiny too, but like, I think I think eventually you'll get the areas from the f- the first game and all mm-hmm. the expansions. I don't know if you'll get that content, really, uh, but I think you'll get those areas. And it wouldn't surprise me if they at least brought like legacy raids over, uh, you know, just for people to experience. But but I wonder how then they they would go about doing a full on twenty five hour campaign. I mean, they won't uh, ever have a twenty five hour campaign. I don't think any of the campaigns. I don't think all the campaigns put together are twenty five hours. Well, it. I mean, because that's not the type of game Destiny is. Well, the the thing about but, it is, is is the thing about it is is that. I, I give it twenty five hours because of like all the grinding. Um, not I, I'm not well, saying there's no grind brand. anymore. They this the man. I feel well, bad. Not, I feel bad talking about this on on here. I feel like this is the next discussion. But right. like, but like, and we got to get into the this. the campaigns and the PVE stuff. Mm-hmm. Like your level doesn't really matter anymore. Is how they set well, it up because it's going to be more like. For to to put it in very generalized terms, it's gonna be it's gonna like if you started today, Ed, a new character, mm-hmm. it's gonna feel more like you're playing Halo than Destiny, because like your level doesn't really matter in the campaigns. It only matters in certain aspects of the game now, like hidden the- hidden missions or nightfall strikes or or. Uh, certain multiplayer events or raids, like it doesn't really matter when you're playing through the campaign anymore. Because the because the levels in, the the levels that you was gaining also uh, like your special abilities like the grenades uh-huh. and all of that stuff. And I think some of the gu- some of the guns were locked until you meet met a level. Uh, and I, I guess my assumption is, and we're gonna get to news, everybody. Sorry about this. Uh, my assumption is is that. It seems that by what you're saying, that all of that's been removed. So now that it's power based, it's kind of like the whatever gun that you get or something is going to raise your power, or, or armor and stuff is going to raise your power. Yeah. Now, you, now you don't have to. You don't. I'm assuming you don't have to grind that much to raise gr- a level. The grinding is way simpler than it was. Okay. Uh, it's not. It's not like. You know, I've I saw people like go from seven fifty to nine ten in like three hours. But you don't. But you don't go from level nine to level. No, there's 20. no. I think All everybody's. Out. I think and, unless and, you're starting from scratch, everybody uh-huh. everybody is now level fifty, which is the cap, and everybody is now light level seven fifty. And that and that's why I, was, I said a twenty five hour campaign is because it's it felt like every time you did a mission, you gained up a level, and mm-hmm. so mission after mission after mission, you were gaining levels. Yeah. And, and I guess twenty five hours is more like it, it kind of felt that way playing all the way through because of you jumping back and forth to different planets and uh, you upgrading your guns and stuff like that. It, 
and maybe some of the boss battles that you had to do that you had to replay yeah. and, and everything. So it it was everything wasn't streamlined like a regular first person shooter. There was just more back and forth and hopping around. So yeah. that made the game longer. So I'm assuming they'll still have that. But when you finish a mission, uh you just get a gun that's gonna make your power level go up and that's it. Yeah. Or you could go I think pretty some- I think pretty much that's what where they're going. Uh I mean I will once I start playing I'll report on that on the NX show. Uh but for now you know, we're yeah, gonna, I was, I was, we're gonna get I, back I, to this Nintendo news yeah. <laughs> because I we, look, oh, as, lo- as much as I love talking about Destiny. Uh, I, well, the last thing I'll say is I would just love to have a long camp, another long campaign, like like one or two, well more like two. I I, I did enjoy two's campaign, so like a story kind of campaign thing. Yeah. I would love to have. I think I mean I think Shadowkeep has one, but I don't think I think it's like. Somebody said it was like maybe six hours, okay. five to six hours, which isn't terrible. Uh, so, all right. Anyway, so we're gonna get to this news, and we're gonna kind of fly through this news because we got some questions uh, for question block that are probably require some attention. So, yes, uh, our first story comes from Kotaku. Uh, Mario and Luigi RPG developer Alpha Dream has gone bankrupt. Uh, this is a sad story, uh, but founded in two, the year 2000, Alpha Dream was originally known as Alpha Star and was staffed with people who had formerly been at Square, including former Square president uh, Tetsuyo Mizuno. The studio is best known for its Mario and Luigi RPG series. It was announced today that Alpha Dream has gone bankrupt. According to Yahoo Japan, revenue was sluggish in recent years and development costs drove the studio to into the red. As of March 2018, Alpha Dream was 400 million yen in debt. Uh, after releasing Mario and Luigi Superstar Saga on Game Boy Advance in 2003, Alpha Dream went on to do four more main entries in the series, Partners in Time, Bowser's Inside Story, Dream Team, and Paper Jam. The studio also worked on the remakes of Mario and Luigi Superstar Saga and Bowser's Minions, and Mario and Luigi Bowser's Inside Story plus Bowser Jr.'s Journey, the last of which is Alpha Dream's final game. Uh, so... Yeah, this this is a a, a shocker and a weird story because I'm just like, didn't Nintendo finance them? Yeah, uh, well, for, I think I think the, the last. I mean, the last I know the last remake, the Bowser's Inside Story remake, did not sell well at all. It did not sell all, and I know that the Superstar Saga sold okay and Paper Jam sold okay, mm-hmm. but. I, I know that I know that they did not sell well at all, and I don't know if the studio. I mean, I don't think the studio did anything else besides these in that time. So, uh, yeah, it's kind of weird that you know Nintendo. If Nintendo was financing these games, why didn't you know? Why aren't they like, you know, why are they putting up their own development costs for this? But uh, I mean, again, I don't know how development works, but that just seems kind of odd. But I'm 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 pretty sad that. Uh, Alpha Dream is gone because the Mario and Luigi games are pretty good. They're pretty, yeah. Uh, you know, they're pretty funny. They're they're uh, pretty deep for simple RPGs. You know, it's 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 sad to see them go. And they had great sprite work. Mm-hmm. Like like they were they were they were really a good. Company. I was I was actually really excited to see what they could do with a Mario and Luigi game on Switch. To be honest with you, yeah, and and. 
Cause yeah. It's, because, you know, besides the remakes, it's been, what, how long since their last Mario RPG, or Mario and Luigi game, like, five years besides the remakes? Okay. Yeah, because they didn't do uh, the one that came for Wii U. I think that was Nintendo itself. What? Pa- oh, no, that was Paper Mario. With the paint one? Yeah, that was Paper Mario. Okay. So, uh, yeah, I don't know. It's just sad, but... Yeah. Uh, and, I, and and I think all those developers are going to go to some, something better, and maybe Nintendo probably did... Uh, pick them up i think it's sad to see them go but i think they they should have worked like kind of made some of their own ips and make shorter games probably did some e-shop kind of style indie games um but japan is a different culture than america and europe so indies are not kind of that big in japan but i think if they would have made something that they could call their own that was outside of nintendo and put on the eShop, and it was really cool i think they probably would have sold well i think they probably would have uh still been around so yeah i think they would if they could have had some like cheap projects that they could have thrown onto the eShop, mm-hmm. and maybe sold a couple hundred thousand copies it would be okay yeah uh i hey, hope Kami- kamiko did it for five dollars so yeah i mean i hope i hope everybody lands on their feet uh Mario and Luigi. I hope there's another Mario and Luigi game somewhere down the line. But yeah. Anyways, uh, we're gonna move on to this next story. Uh, speaking of bringing back games, Nintendo is bringing Brain Age back on the Switch. Uh, Nintendo has announced a new Brain Age game, bringing a brain training series to the Switch for the first time. The phenomenally popular Brain Age games for Nintendo DS starred a Japanese neuroscientist, Doctor uh, Ryuta. Uh, Kawashima and featured various simple puzzles and, and designed to help keep your brain active. Also, Sudoku. Uh, the latest entry has only been confirmed in Japan so far, where it's called Train Your Brain Nintendo Switch Training for Adults, uh, which is the same title as the original DS game, only the platforms were swapped out. Uh, so, uh, all signs point to this game coming west sometime next year. So, uh, I will be looking forward to this because I like. I thought Brain Age was great. It was only twenty dollars, and it sold like hotcakes when it I came know. out. I know, dude. I I knew like my parents' friends got DSs for Brain Age. Like mm-hmm. this, this is one of those games that you know, like everybody talks about the Wii being so popular. This was the game. I think this, it, accompanied with Nintendogs and stuff like that, really yeah. made the DS popular with non gamers, right? And and yeah. so. Uh, I I really liked it. You know, I thought it was cool. Anyway, uh, I, I, I love the math ones. Uh, yeah, <laughs> I did. I did too. So, yeah. <laughs> um, and and what's cool about this is that it's also going to have a stylus. So yeah. Um, hopefully we get that in America, and then just think about all the new styluses that could come. Oh, Definitely, stylus are going to be the new uh, Joy-Con. <laughs> I, it, it probably will be, but I'm I'm saying this right now. Everybody's gonna get a stylus for Mario Maker Two. Yeah, like they'll if it comes with if they get that stylus for Brain Age, that's cool. But like if they could use that stylus for uh, Super Mario Brothers Two, uh, Mario Maker Two, when folks are gone or like traveling, they'll be able to uh, design levels easier than just using their fingers and their controller. Yep. 
Uh, all right, we're going to move on to our next story. Uh, Blizzard says that it has <coughs> it's had its sights on a Switch port of Overwatch since day one. Uh, this comes from Nintendo Life. Uh, quote, we wanted to make sure to do it right. Uh, as we're sure many of you have uh, have thought in the time since Nintendo Switch launched, multiplayer hero shooter Overwatch feels like a great fit for the system. While we knew translating the team-based FPS to Switch's mobile chipset wouldn't be a piece of cake, a steady stream of miracle ports had made it more and more obvious that Blizzard was looking at uh, at an open goal if they could pull it off. It wasn't until August that a leak suggested that the port was finally happening, and this was later confirmed in the September Nintendo Direct broadcast. Uh, the game finally launches on the 15th of October, but what took Blizzard so long? Which Ed and I have had this conversation many times. Uh, mm-hmm. Speaking with The Verge, game director Jeff Kaplan has said it really came down to working out how to bring the shooter over without sacrifices. In fact, he and the team had wanted the game on Nintendo's console since the first moment they laid eyes on this console. Uh, Quote, literally the day the Switch came out, we were thinking about it. I remember immediately talking to people around the office saying, what would it take for us to be there? According to The Verge, uh, work started on Overwatch for Switch uh, just over a year ago. Uh, in the interim, Diablo 3 made its, way to the, made its way to the Switch. It was much easier to get Diablo on the device than it was to get Overwatch. And like everything we do here, we wanted to make sure to do it right. It was just a long process of figuring out how to handle the development in a way that we felt like we would be proud of the end product. Uh, so, Which I think is just a bunch of PR talk. I mean, did you... I mean, I mean, I mean, I mean for me, I'm like... I don't think you had your sights on day one, but you did, I do. You didn't have your sights on this at all till the system once, started getting popular. To, to me, I think they st- they probably started thinking about it once they saw Doom, like other first-person shooters get announced for it, like like Doom and Wolfenstein, right? Like I think maybe they're like, okay, if if they if that system can run Doom, we should probably get Overwatch on there. But the thing about it is, you stated way earlier in advance that all the employees at Blizzard was coming into your uh, coming to the place. With Nintendo Switch, so you didn't. You decided not to know how popular. If this thing was selling out, all these games, indies, and first and third parties were selling well. Why would you just say, "Oh, day one"? Your whole employee, you got about four hundred plus some employees. Mm-hmm. If all of them are coming in with Nintendo Switch, maybe you want to start working on Overwatch or something like that now. Actually, that later in this article, it mentions it mentions Fortnite. Like I think that E three that Fortnite was there. I bet they mm-hmm. were like, man, we should have had Overwatch on this before Fortnite, because to me, I think Overwatch is a better game than Fortnite. But Fortnite being free and and being uh, have having easy access to kids and mm-hmm. stuff, like I I f- I feel like Fortnite just kind of took all that thought away of having Overwatch on the system and mm-hmm. like. You know, I feel like I feel like last year, also, if they could have gotten Overwatch on the system last year with the with the uh, rise of Overwatch League, people getting yeah. hyped for that, and you know, adding like what three or four characters last year, like there's a still a lot of hype around Overwatch last year. Whereas this year, it's like, yeah, Overwatch is still super popular, and I've I've tried to stream it a few times the last few weeks, right, with people, yeah, uh, but. I feel like the the hype for Overwatch is almost done at this point. You know, like Overwatch League is over for the season. Uh, you know, I I don't know. I I mean, I'm glad it's coming. Don't get me wrong. I just yeah. I feel like they could have been it's a little bit. Late. I feel like they could have been a little bit m- more. 
what's what's the word uh not pre about it but more you know more kind of just casual about it being like yeah we've had conversations but we didn't start until later like i don't think they tried to do it day one because this is two and a half years later and it took a little over a year you know, I, I don't know, I, but I came home and yelled at my computer <laughs> when I seen this headline. I was like, <laughs> "You what?" <laughs> I mean, don't don't get me wrong. I'm I'm happy it's coming. I hope it's. I, I hope I hope it does well. You know, I'll pr- I'll probably get it eventually for Switch, but like, I I think I think it's a little bit too late and. You know, but hey, look, I thought Diablo was too late and that's that's sold like hotcakes, so what do I know? I I'm sitting in an apartment building doing a Nintendo podcast, uh, instead of, you know, something important. So uh <laughs> anyways, we're gonna move on to our next story. And I know this is a PlayStation story, but it affects Nintendo gamers, so here we go. And a question that we have for later on. Also also that. Uh, PlayStation 4 Crossplay exits beta, now a full feature for developers. Uh, Sony's Crossplay function for PlayStation 4 has now completed its beta phase and is now a full feature for developers to make use of. Strangely, Sony has made no official announcement about Crossplay being promoted to a full feature. This new... this news instead comes from a Wired article, which states that Crossplay is now available to any developer that wishes to implement it in their game. Call of Duty Modern Warfare seems like the first new game to support this at launch, with it being set for release later this month. The beta phase for PS4 Crossplay includes games such as Fortnite and Rocket League, which help prove the system's capabilities. Hopefully from now on we will see many more multi-platform games support Crossplay. You know what I'm excited for? Destiny to be crossplay, which I think is coming, uh, because Bungie said it's on their roadmap. So, very excited for that. Uh, so, I mean, that means that you'll be able to play uh, whatever. I think uh, Warframe will end up being crossplay. I'm trying to think mm-hmm. of Switch games that will be crossplay. Uh, I wonder if Overwatch will be crossplay because just because be. just because of the whole frame rate thing, and I think people on other consoles will have better. Just frame rate and be and have better uh, uh, accuracy and stuff. But uh, I'm looking at. I'm just trying to look through my Switch games real quick. Um, uh, probably, uh, probably uh, Young Bloods, uh, Wolfenstein Young Bloods. Uh, I don't think so. I I, don't. I mean, but the option could be there. I'm just saying, with with it being online and stuff, that I, option could. I be. think I kind of think Bethesda wants to think want that game to forget that it exists. <laughs> I don't think it. I don't think it did as well as they wanted it to. Uh, Fortnite, well, Fortnite. We already talked about that. Uh, if I think if EA, even though this won't happen, if EA would have brought Apex Legends to Switch, I think that would have been a crossplay. Well, I think they said that Apex won't be crossplay for the time being because of the way they built the game. They would have to redo the coding and that would take a long time and they would have to take the game down and then relaunch it or whatever. So I don't know. It might be, uh, you know, I don't know if I got all those details right, but it's, it's along those lines that they would have to like kind of rebuild the coding for the mm-hmm. game to allow it to work that way. So uh, I think it would have been cool if just dance was like crossplay. Or Ubisoft, like having a party with people on Xbox, PC, uh, PS4, and Switch, and because I'm just like it's only motion control, yeah. uh, but I'm like 
to have that, I'm like, that would have been cool. Uh, I don't know who has Tetris 99. I don't know if that's only Nintendo. It is. Nintendo owns it. Okay, Nintendo There's a mobile it. game that's coming out that's like Tetris 99 called Tetris Battle Royale. I don't know if those two are one and the same. You know, you know I would do Puyo Puyo uh, Tetris then. If I was Sega, I would be like, hey, let's try to get this game. Because I think Puyo Puyo came out on Xbox. I'm not sure. Um, I know it's on PS4, but I'm just like, shoot. If not, get that game on Xbox and let's do some four-player uh, craziness. Um, and have like literally fun on all the systems and stuff. Because I know Sony said they want to get some games on Switch and everything. But the games that's available now... Yeah, it's like they're a, smaller, like smaller, like non-PlayStation games. Heck, uh, um, um, uh, Castle Crashers just came out. Yeah, that's and that's not, on, play, that's not a PlayStation game, though. It's not a PlayStation game, but it's on all three platforms. Yeah. So, so I mean, so why not? Yeah. Well, I mean, I'm look crossplay just makes everything better. I feel like, and I'm glad that Sony's finally on board. To mm-hmm. me, to me. I think just the way that PlayStation Network is built, they had to really work at it, which is why they kept it for so long. I, I like as much as I think PlayStation does a lot of things, you know, to benefit PlayStation. I really think the crossplay thing was just because PlayStation Network is built so badly <laughs> that they've really had to work at making crossplay, and the and the reason why Fortnite and Rocket League got into the beta, quote-unquote, is because all the cross-play stuff is done on their end, not PlayStation. So, uh, you know, we'll see. I'm I'm excited to see how, how this opens up stuff like Destiny or, uh, uh, you know, I mean, the next Call of Duty, I think, is going to be the real test for this because it's the first real major game that's doing it, so... But shoot, there's a moat missing, so that's not very viable, in a sense. Wait, what? what the Spec Ops mode? Oh, well, it's only this the one. It's only half of the Spec Ops mode. It's not the whole mode. So, yeah. uh, it's the survival mode, which survival is something mode. different. So, uh, anyways, we're gonna move on to our last story because we got to get to these questions and then get to some Link's Awakening, which I'm very excited for. Yes. Uh, Punisher, Blade, Morbius, and Moon Knight come to Marvel Ultimate Alliance 3 today. Uh, The first downloadable content pack for Marvel Ultimate Alliance 3, The Black Order, is out now. Marvel Knights, Curse of the Vampire, adds four popular characters to the game's already massive roster of playable heroes. The pack is out now as part of the title's expansion pass. Curse of the Vampire adds Punisher, Blade, Moon Knight, and Morbius to fight alongside the likes of Iron Man, Captain America, Spider-Man, Wolverine, and more. Those who purchase the expansion pass can also have a new mode, Gauntlet. In Gauntlet mode, you can join a team of four players to tackle challenges one after the other to earn rewards. Once you beat Gauntlet, you can unlock a survival version of the mode where you see how long you can last and where you land on the global leaderboards. Uh, So... Yeah, it's really cool. I I I miss uh, <laughs> playing Captain America a little bit. Uh, there's also a free costume set coming uh, uh, in the, for the uh, DLC patch. Like when they mm-hmm. patch the DLC, and if you don't own the DLC, you're still gonna get cool costumes for uh, Thor, Iron Man, Black Panther, and Captain America. So uh, 
which yeah, I think I'm actually look pretty cool. Yeah, I think I'm waiting for all the expressions now to come out, and then I'll just buy that season pass and get them all. See, uh, I really wanted to get back to Ultimate Alliance three, but there's too many other games right now, and like I really enjoyed what I was playing. I was quite we, surprised. We're gonna have to go online and do it together. Yeah, I was quite surprised with how much I enjoyed Ultimate Alliance three. I wasn't even gonna get it, and then I did, and I'm super happy that I did. And then, and you used them when I was hyped about it when they first announced it. I thought I I was hyped because I was like, is this because this was for the Game Awards last year? I thought it was. Yeah. I thought it was that mobile fighting game coming, and I was like, oh okay, whatever. And then it was multi- Ultimate Alliance three, and then it said Switch, and it's, it's Switch exclusive. Like, this is big, <laughs> and like, and, and I know like I know that you know Xbox One and PlayStation Four are getting the Avengers game, but this is like. I feel like this game got way better reception than that game has so far and like you know I and I I didn't really care but I I cared because it was a Nintendo exclusive. I didn't yeah. really care because I don't really care about Ultimate Alliance, but what I played was super fun, right? And and uh I know I know Ray has played a lot of it and is super excited about it. So uh yeah. maybe, guess we'll have to talk to him about this DLC if he gets back to it. <laughs> uh, you know, pro streamer over there, Ray Apollo. You should follow him. He's good. He's a good dude. Uh, yes. So he's also on the next show. You should download that as well. Yes. Uh, Ed, that's all the news. Uh, so yes. I guess we can get to the question block. Remember, you can email us at nintendopowerblock at gmail Tweet at us or follow our social threads, and uh, you can have your question answered on air. Or you can join us live in chat on Mixer and uh, ask us questions live. Uh, we we will be taking questions until about 10.25 so we can get into our after show at 10.30. But we have two questions in the question block today. We're going to start with uh, Walter Ingelschmidt. I hope I'm saying your name right. Yeah, Ingelschmidt. Yeah, I hope I'm saying your name right. If not, I'm sorry. Uh he says, hello, fellow Nintendo fans. I've just found your show on Spotify, and I love the show. I didn't know you guys have been doing this for so long. My, Well, to be fair, we did do it for a long time, and then we stopped, and now we're back. Uh, yes. So maybe that's why. And we just put it on Spotify about a month ago. So, Yay. Um, yeah. Anyways, my question is this. Do you think with Reggie and Sean Layden stepping down, <coughs> or stepping away from... <coughs> stepping away... That companies are looking to become more faceless during their direct slash state of play, or do you think they will need time to find new faces to fall in love with? Do you think it's important to have a relatable face to uh, to have for your product? Okay, so let me break this down, uh, kind of like question by question. Um, do you think with Reggie and Sean Layden stepping away, that companies are looking to become more faceless during their direct state of play? Not really. I feel like well. To be fair, I feel like Nintendo is giving us new faces, and, and yeah. you know, because like Doug Bowser's pretty face forward. Uh, uh, the uh, Kit and Krista are pretty face forward, right? Like yeah. the, that's the YouTube uh, Nintendo Minute show. Chris Slate has always been face forward. He's he used to be the editor in chief at Nintendo Power, and now he does the Nintendo Power podcast and helps build Trennan with with you know that writing and translating stuff. You know that yeah. he works in that department. 
uh they've got a lot of stuff people facing forward on their youtube page i think uh i always forget the man's name who does the direct uh, uh kirishima no maybe uh oh the uh, the other one yeah uh skinny one um well but only reason oh can i, I let me just finish oh, this ahead. thought real quick and like watching the last few state of plays and even the last couple of years, you've seen Sony kind of move away from that because you know Adam Boys and 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 Shuhei Yoshida used to be kind of like the faces of Sony. They kind of did the uh, "Here's how you trade trade games with your friends" thing at E3 when the Xbox kind of announced they wanted to do an all online thing when that launched. Mm-hmm. And they kind of got away from that, and now, like you watch their state of plays, even though the state of plays are good presentations, there's no faces to attach to Sony. And even even Microsoft has Phil Spencer and Major Nelson and his whole and, crew during Inside Xbox. Like, and, and, and well, this is the thing about, it, and this is why I kind of want to break it down. The faces don't matter compared to uh, Power Block instead of play inside Xbox. Because the only way that you see Sean Lady and them were only at E3. And sometimes uh, uh, were whatever um, Well, I mean, that's uh, the point uh, I'm making, though, right? Uh, well, yeah, but it's just like the Nintendo Directs, you know, they had a host. You know, that's how we know more more of Iwata. Because we didn't know... Like, if you look at Nintendo in the in back of the days, nobody really didn't know what Yamaguchi was doing. He was the former head of Nintendo. But we got to see what Iwata was doing. We got to see what uh, um, Reggie was doing. And also, the people that we're seeing, they have had a history before they even came to Nintendo to the forefront. So, people... Sometimes when they watch these shows, they're just learning more about who that person is. Um, sometimes you don't even recognize the face or anything. Um, because the only time you recognize them is when you see them at the small at E3. And then you don't really see them throughout the year or hear much, of, hear much about them throughout the year. Even with Phil Spencer, you know. You well, get to hear him. I mean, you get to hear him more, like on podcasts, because he's he's talking to more people, mm-hmm. and you see him at E3, but you don't barely see him on Inside Xbox. You see Major Nelson there, but not really much Phil Spencer or anything. But so I mean, it's, he's still like he's very Phil Spencer's very active on Twitter, which yes. you know Sean Layden is not. Phil Spencer's very active on Xbox and in the community where. Yeah. Uh, you know, Sean Layden really hasn't been at least, you know, he, you know what I mean? Like, I, I feel like, yeah, I feel like you see Sean Layden, he's always in like a suit and tie kind of thing. And I mean, he has t shirt on under his blazer at E3 or whatever, but like Phil Spencer's always in like jeans and a t shirt. Like, he's very relatable. And even though Reggie was very business all the time, yeah, he was very relatable, you know, because as as and, a Nintendo fan himself, he's very relatable for someone like us who are big Nintendo fans. Right. And you got to think of the Nintendo Direct. They show other developers and other names and stuff, people that you've never seen. Like, you know, of course, we go we get on Sakurai stuff, but I'm just like, look at some of the other games that <laughs> Sakurai. <laughs> that those presenters have brought, you know. Even though they're they're representing their games and stuff, um, even look at the after the Nintendo Direct, the Treehouse Live stuff. Now we actually get to see more developers. So it's I think it's just I don't think it's like 
a faceless thing with just those people i'm just like if you're watching behind the scenes if you're watching more of these presentations and getting to know who the developers of the games are then someone just representing a product i don't think missing i don't think with reggie leaving it and i don't think with sean definitely with sean Layden, i don't think with him leaving it's going to affect state of play because what you get with state of play you get transitions in a female voice charlotte yeah. this you know charlotte hasn't even said nothing charlotte will introduce something for e3 it did him walk away and come back at the end of the show yeah um so you gotta kind of look at that at that way um do you think they will need time to find new faces to fall in love with no not really you know you i mean i think put- i think people who are in the respective communities already know the faces attached to maybe right. not maybe not like you know xbox or playstation I- but like a lot of people like us who kind of pay attention and are fans of games like we know neil Druckmann is attached to Naughty Dog and The Last of Us, right? We know Corey Barlog is attached to God of War. We know Rod Ferguson is attached to uh, Gears. We Gears. know Frank O'Connor is, is, is I, and, and uh, Bonnie Ross are attached to Halo, right? We know these things. I think the thing about it is, is that you now need to... I don't think... Because, see, that's one of the problems uh, about face being attached to stuff to fall in love with. We need to have minority. We need to have diversity. We need to have more females being in presentations and talking about stuff so we can't fall in love with them. I mean, I think that's why that, you know, before she left, I think that's why that girl at E3 for Bethesda for uh, the the Ghostwire Tokyo, I think a lot of people... Because she was just kind of like genuine and being herself and whatever, and like, I think people are attracted to that, you know, and, and right. I, and I think that's what we need more of. If we're gonna fall in love with these faces and these for these games and stuff, we need more diversity. We need more people coming out. Because as much as I love Miyamoto, as much as I love Phil Spencer and all of these stuff, they're the same people that is always. Already have a love there. Already mm-hmm. have uh, expectations of fandom. That's already there. No matter if their games are good or bad, whatever you want to judge them as, they always going to have some history that we love about them attached. We need new. We need more people in diversity. We need people from Australia. We need people from Europe, from Brazil, um, indie developers. Like we need more people from more games and presidents and stuff, uh, uh, or see coming out and speaking out more so we could take a look at them and see who's making the product that we are planning to buy and planning to love or even hate I think we need more of that I think with Sean Layden and stuff leaving it's, it wasn't a big it wasn't a big deal it was just more of a shock that he was leaving uh, with that uh, do you think it's important to have a relatable face to, to have for your product not really sometimes there are pe- I think you just need somebody that's as excited about the product as you yes. want to be and i think that helps drive things right where like you know yeah. i th- i think i think you know having uh man i i can't think of anything right now but i think like having somebody who's who's excited about what they're making and and showing off like i i guess like the un- the mean- guy who did unraveled a few years ago right like mm-hmm. when the first time he's ever been on an E3 stage and he was super nervous and he was super endearing i think that told a lot about him and the studio and the effort that they were putting behind the game that we wanted to like that game because he was so 
passionate. endearing. Or the guy uh, for Mario Plus Rabbids, right? When he was sitting in the audience and saw Miyamoto showing off his game on the Ubisoft stage, right? Like him being yeah. so emotional about it. It's made us want to love that game even more because he was so passionate about it. Right. Gen- genuine and passionate. Yeah. Um, even if, if sometimes that's not a good thing. Not I mean, gen- no, my passion. Not, not, not saying that. Like No Man's Sky is a is a good example. When uh, Sean Murray, I think it was Sean Murray. Murray. Yeah, yeah. How he had these big ideas and how he spoke about, and he became the face of uh, Hello Games and No Man's Sky. He became the face, and when they didn't deliver, people just crapped on him. Yeah hard yeah. on his game part on his company and he had to go into hiding like him and his team had to go on a blackout mode so they could work out and get things done so sometimes it sometimes you can be enthusiastic about a game and be the face of it and everything yeah. um well i, I, think I mean i i think i think no man's sky is like i think they're be- they have become the the poster child of this is not how you promote your game but this is also how you work to make your game better and yes. and and you know get goodwill back because i look everybody thought that game was dead right and look a year and a half two years later they're still updating the game they're still doing cool things with the game now to where it's like maybe we just should have waited and had all this stuff in the game two years later right and like i mean i don't know how how much money they needed to do this i don't know if it was or like just say hey this is 1.0 of the release here's our roadmap here's when we're adding this 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 and this and like it's not all going to be in there at launch but if you stick with us like this is you know kind of like i think a lot of people learn from that now too is where like all these games just have roadmaps upon roadmaps upon roadmaps so where it's almost yeah. annoying right even single player games have roadmaps and it's like come on right? and, and, and you can speak about that and still be genuine and passionate and i think that's why if you're going to be a face that represents a product f- learn about not promising so much at the at that sort of time yeah. but and uh, but say at least because even destiny fell into the same thing yeah where Destiny, where uh i mean destiny and all- destiny too both fell into this <laughs> Yeah, like they had all of these big things. It was going to be this big and all of this hype and stuff. And whoever became face, because Luke Smith became the face of Destiny too. Like, mm-hmm. like, and everybody who don't know about Luke Smith, he came from OneUp.com. He came from the games journalists, and he was very critical about critical about stuff until he actually got into games itself. You know. uh Brian Intahar became the face of, and he came from one of. He became the face of Spider Man yeah. for PlayStation Four, and look how that turned out. That turned out good for him, mm-hmm. you know. So if you're going to be a face to represent a product and stuff, yes, be genuine, be passionate, speak about the game in a manner that is going to connect. Everything might not be there, but sometimes you can. They should always say, you know what, we can't comment on this, but. Uh, uh, we'll be speaking more about things in the game later on. There's yeah. a way to be able to say that and get that message across where it won't upset fans and stuff. Yeah. So no, I totally agree with you. I think, you know, I think for me, it, just this overall question, I feel like 
or multiple questions, I guess. Mm-hmm. Like, I th- I think I think all three companies are doing something. They want to do something similar, but do their own twists on it. Twist. You know, yes. where like Nintendo Nintendo Directs have been, you know, they've kind of huh. set the standard of like, okay, we're gonna do a video presentation. This is how we want to do it. This, 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 and this, and like most of them have been fantastic. Some of them have been downers right like and some of them have been spent way too long on certain things like as much as i enjoyed the e3 one last year like spending a half hour on the nitty-gritty stuff of smash probably wasn't the best idea but it but the reason i think that and i think that was good for nintendo to to do that be like we tease you and then we shut up about it they they did that but then like they learned from that like they still did that like look at the last one where they did the banjo Mm -hmm. stuff Yes. Like they 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 said banjo's available now in Smash, and then they said stay tuned after the direct for you know the deep dives on what's coming with banjo, right. like music, move sets, uh, uh, patch notes, that kind of thing. And I think I think that's actually the correct way to do Smash, right? And 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 you know the and, I, and, oh, I, I'm, I'm just saying with Nintendo doing Smash. Uh, at that E3 when they first showed it, I think they they overloaded everybody. Not because they didn't have games. I think they was having getting stuff ready for Nintendo, but they I think they already had planned on what they was going to show later on in the year. You don't sometimes don't want to give the big guns. I think they because this game was going to be so big and they still had a lot to get out. I think they were just like we're going to give you the basics. Uh, even though if you know about this, we're gonna give you the basics and some more stuff that you didn't anticipate. Shoot, uh, 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 Metal Gear Solid, Solid Snake being in it, be like, wait, what's going on? Konami, Capcom, like all of them is coming on, coming back and stuff. And I think Nintendo just wanted to be like, we want to over- overload you guys because we know we're gonna be quiet for a while. Mm-hmm. So when we bring out the new stuff, you guys can once again talk about it. Yeah, and and you know I think, you know Inside Xbox is great in its own way. I think I think it could be produced a little bit better and kind of like, and 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 I know that's more of like a stage show slash, you know, whatever, right? Like it, I think I think they could tighten that up. But I think Inside Xbox is a great idea. I think it just needs to be, you know, produced a little bit better and have things a little bit snappier and like. We don't need to spend a half hour on this. We can, I, because like I think everybody just wants information the fastest way possible in the most entertaining way possible, which is why I think Nintendo Directs work so well. Is because they're always entertaining. You get all the info you need within like a minute or a minute and a half, and then it moves on to the next thing. But it's still entertaining. And I think hey. once Xbox hits that correct note, I think Inside Xbox is actually going to be on par or better than Nintendo Directs because it's more of a stage show and fans are there and like yeah. and and i think they they bring developers on to talk about their game which i think nintendo should do but they i mean in a direct i don't know how much you can do but like <laughs> and it, i think xbox does that well you know and i think yeah. i think uh major nelson does that well on his podcast too yeah and you gotta but you gotta look at nintendo that they also did wacky stuff you still cannot deny that that iwata and that reggie fight to talk about smash for week or the star fox puppets too exactly or you know uh reggie getting hit with one of the ghosts from yokai watching he eating donuts and stuff or or, or, 
the workout video or the <laughs> the robot chicken stuff. Like Nintendo's done some weird stuff in their some directs. Some weird stuff, and that's what makes. Them <laughs> I kind of miss fun. that though from the directs, right? Like, I mean, like don't get me wrong, I love the way the directs are now, but I miss mm-hmm. the wacky stuff, and I know that like with Iwata passing away and Reggie being you know go- being gone and, and you know moving on and you know I hope in the near future they get. Doug Bowser to do some stuff, or Kit and Krista to do some stuff, or you know, even some of the Japanese developers to come in, like Anuma, and come in, and and when Breath of the Wild two or whatever it's called comes out, and and I hope he gets to talk about a little bit the way that Sakurai talks about Smash. You know what I mean? Like I hope they start doing that stuff, and like I think PlayStation is doing theirs in a more of a professional way, however you want to say it, where like. They want to just deliver you the information and a trailer and some some more information and just move move along, right? They're not. I don't think they're meant to be entertaining. I think they're meant to be more glorified press releases. Yeah, and then <laughs> I think that's and I think that's what brings the dryness that everybody's just like this is not good because this is too dry. Yeah. You're- you know, if you have some wackiness or in it, or if you had even like Charlotte and them sp- come in and say something about everything, like I would have loved for Neil Druckmann to be in State of the Play, State of the Play, State of Play, and talked about a little bit of, uh, more about The Last of Us. And since just during the trailer, and then they, that was the way that <laughs> it ended. Yeah. Like some interaction, I think sometimes with these shows are always good for fans and that's what that interaction becomes the face of that product and of that company yeah um anyways i we're gonna move on to our last question so we can get into this after show because i'm very excited i'm i i'm really excited for the after show to be 100 (laughs) honest with you uh our next question comes from Derek fisher he says no not the basketball player great basketball player by the way i i don't know what under he's retired but he was a great basketball player for the lakers uh, uh was he in double dribble <laughs> or nba jam i don't know i don't think so <laughs> uh, he says oh no where'd you go ed where'd you go i'm right here oh Hello? why are you wait hold on where are you I, i'm here my my camera's on i can see you uh oh no where'd you go hold on transition uh are we still live yeah we're live i just i i don't know where you're at oh no uh oh there there's oh wait i'm very confused uh wait where are you here we go we're gonna go this maybe oh there you are okay we're back everybody sorry oh no why do you why does your face keep disappearing i don't know i don't either um i see you okay you're you're there we're just gonna leave it don't touch anything sorry everybody Derek fisher asks uh hey koopalings stole that from an old uh nvc episode uh nintendo uh nintendo has been cracking down on emulation sites and i was wondering what your thoughts are on this uh is there any good way to preserve these old classics um i think it's a good thing uh because uh well uh, let me let me preface this by saying nintendo filed a lawsuit against a company who uh was selling a monthly subscription 
to be able to download ROMs, which is super illegal uh, because right. I don't own any of them. Uh, so this is where this is coming from. Uh, and that company is now <laughs> being sued for a lot of money. But to be to be to answer the question about emulation, I think I think emulation is a good thing uh, as long as you, you know like Turtles in Time is a game that I love dearly, right? Yes. There is I can I cannot go to any store and purchase that game. Right? So that's mm-hmm. where emulation comes in and you have like you literally have to emulate it because the rights are all over the place. The the you know, it, it's just it's just a terrible situation, and I I I think that emulation comes into play when you, especially for older games, right? To help preserve, I think it helps preserve the legacy of these games, uh, because there's games out there that nobody knows where the original source code is, but some people yes. have ROMs ROMs dumped onto their PC from from their carts and it's like and sharing them and that's the only way you can play these games right yeah and it's it's like that's that's why final fantasy 8 got a remaster right is because sony lost the source code or not sony uh square does not have the original source code to final fantasy 8 one of the one of the uh pinnacle jrpgs of the ps1 era they do not have the original source code for uh so as a dragoon with sega yeah yeah i mean look at look at look at all these games that you could not even find if it wasn't for uh uh emulation so i i i know a lot of people work on on emulation for uh uh you know some people do it for nefarious purposes some people do it for uh good purposes mm-hmm. and i know that the the there's a video game arch- archivalist uh the video game museum yeah they they're archiving older games to to help hopefully preserve some yep. games frank uh, safaldi from what up at egm like yeah. he he's on various podcasts talking about it yeah he's on i mean he's on giant bomb all the time talking about it so uh you know that's one way we're going and i think we're finally getting to that place as an in, as an industry that mm-hmm. you know we are able to do these things but and like have old builds of games have alphas of games because look you go back and i know we talked a lot about destiny on this nintendo podcast but you look at a game like destiny that original game does not exist anymore right they've patched it they switched out voice actors for one of the main characters they've uh mm-hmm. they have different quest systems you know what i mean like that original game that you played on day one does not exist anymore, except for in this, uh, you know, the video game museum type stuff. They have a co- they have something like that, and Bungie has that archive somewhere, right? Like, I think we're starting to learn to do this. Uh, yes. But it's it's crazy to me to think that like the original Super Mario Brothers, nobody knows the exact release date for super mario brothers isn't that insane the most important video game of all time does not have a signet does not have a release date because no nobody thought to save a receipt or you know write it down somewhere on a napkin and save it it's just that's that just it's insane and and, well because you got to think about definitely that when the nes first came out it was only in i think one location i think it was at toys r us in new york yeah uh and at, at the time, 
you know, video a uh, video game being attached to it wasn't a good thing because of what Atari did. Uh, you know. Yeah. Uh, but you know, if you called it a toy and stuff, you know, that might be something that might get people into it. And then it was just later on that people. Uh, were calling it a video game system, but I mean, you also got to think about. I mean, that's why like, the that's why the NES looks like a VCR, right? Like, yeah. It, 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 at the time, like nobody wanted like the Atari looked like a weird thing that you had to hook up. The NES literally was designed to look like a VCR, so people would put it in their entertainment centers and make it look like part of the entertainment center. Yes. So, um, well. My answer for it, like the first part of this question, uh, I, reason I say it's a good thing is because um, you got to think of the creators and all the people who work to make these games and sites doing stuff illegally to benefit off of somebody else's work is never a good thing. Mm-hmm. Whether whether it some people think it's, it is good because of emulation and keeping that history, there are ways for stuff like this to be done. You know, we may not, we may never get another Turtles in time. And if people want to do emulation to go play it, that's completely fine. They could go ahead and do that. I hope uh, we get another Turtles in time. <laughs> uh, but you know, doing it, doing it in a legal way where you're benefiting off of it financially, financial wise, is never a good thing. You never want to do take somebody else's work, even if you're, even if you're doing it for uh, a fan game. If you know that you are taking someone else's IP and making it to a fan game, you need to be like, it's out for two hours. Make sure no one, make sure no big industry gets it. Like the Game Informer, IGN, GameSpot, don't let none of them know about it. Put it up for two hours and shut that mug down because Nintendo will come after you. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, you 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 just and sometimes you just gotta wait because maybe that game may uh, come back. I mean, I, I speak about Contra and Castlevania, their collections. You know, those some of those games haven't been on another console in years, but they came together to bring that out, you know. Uh, and that's why they, they're remaking Panzer Dragoon because they lost the source code for that. So, mm-hmm. and this the remake probably looks going to look better. So, I think... The remake if, did look good in that trailer. <laughs> Like, like if you're gonna do if you're gonna do emulation, know what the risks are going to be. Just do not benefit off of it financial wise. Definitely, if you know that Nintendo has been doing this to a lot of people, don't even try it. You know. Yeah. Uh, the the second part of the question, uh, is there any good way to preserve these old classics? Um, there is a way. Uh. It de- but sometimes it depends on how much money you are willing to spend. If you see someone who's trying to sell you some kind of like collection game for so much higher price, uh, I wait if you need to. There's always somebody's grandma or mom who got some old games that they're trying to get rid of. Always say check the swap meet, check uh, mm-hmm. the Salvation Army, check uh, different garage sales. All games, that's going all on games in are goodwill or a dollar, by the way. You know, <laughs> like there, there are ways that these games are being preserved. So if you want them, just go and you know get them. Also, the re, the re, uh, Recon Five. Uh, 
like if you're able to get some of those games uh the cartridges stuff but you don't have the system of the redcon 5 could play them that's a good way to uh, let you know if that game is working or not per server. Heck, Hue cards from TurboGrafx 16, even PC Engine stuff, uh, they're hard to come by. But if you can find them and you can get your hand on, on one of those systems, hey, I also, you know. I also think, like, in terms of preservation, I think, like, these mini consoles that have come out are decent ways of like mm-hmm. having classic games and like what Nintendo's doing on the Nintendo Switch Online and like the different collections of like you know like the Mega Man Legacy collection is an amazing collection like whether you care about Mega Man or not like those collections are so good they have all that art in them they have the you know this the soundtracks in them like they they have they're really well done collections to preserve yeah. that right like i th- i think capcom's doing a great job of preserving their older games uh uh for 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 modern consoles like okami hd is another great uh you know not necessarily a, a retro game but it's a it's a ps2 game that they've brought forward and i think it i think it looks great still yeah. uh and and last because this is my final point also collect some of the garbage games the games that people don't care about that's in the used bin that people laughed at because you never know that bad game or something that may become a high price item that somebody wants yeah uh because they may be like i'm trying to collect everything from thq or lgn and if you got i mean i know i know right now I know right now a bunch of old Sierra games are like people are really looking for those because like Sierra is is a uh, now defunct. I think I think they exist in some form, but I don't think they're doing games anymore, right? So like I I know Sierra games are are a popular collector's item right yeah. now too. It, it keep your current libraries in good conditions. Mine's kind of all over the place, but I still got the box and I still got the game. Always keep them in a good place. Invest in some shelves. Uh, like if if you're a person who don't c- care about preservation, who don't care about collecting games and stuff, uh, even if you're doing digital and, and everything, make sure to keep it in a space that uh, is going to be. Uh, Use well. That's gonna be air like nice. Like you keep the you keep the weather warm and stuff. Like just make sure that you take care of your games. That's one of the best preservation. Corey, you are a prime example. You have a history of a lot of games, mm-hmm. um, and you got them in great condition. Yeah, I, I, I some of them went bye bye. But <laughs> no, look, I I've I've been I've been doing this thing where. You know, there is a. I have some NES games that I loved growing up, and I have Super Nintendo games and <clears throat> and Genesis games. Like, I have a lot of them. Kind of, I keep. I'm keeping. Like, I, I've been cleaning out my parents' house because mm-hmm. they they all my old stuff is over there, and uh, I'm keeping games that I loved physically, right? And then getting rid of a lot of stuff that I don't really care for, but I know people will care for right you know what i mean like if i'm not if i'm not going to care about it i want somebody else to care about it right i want somebody else to have it uh and and, but there are 
two systems I I would kill. Well, three actually. Three systems I would kill to like start collecting for again, right? And like that's I I at some point I will start doing that if I you know start making a little bit more money and and you know doing some different things in that area. But uh, you know, GameCube. Nintendo 64 and Dreamcast are the three systems I would love to like collect for. And Ed, you've seen my Nintendo 64 collection. Like, I have a pretty solid Nintendo 64 collection, and all but two games are complete in box. Yes. And, which is unheard of because Nintendo 64 games came in cardboard sleeves that people just threw away. You've seen my Link's Awakening box. You've seen my original Game Boy box. You've seen, yes. you know, all these. You've seen my Pokemon Red and Yellow instruction manuals that are <laughs> beat. Excuse my language, beat to hell. But they're there and they're complete, right? So, like, I the things I do care about, I have, I do care about them. I just, you know, I I want some like if I don't care about, I don't care about Tom Sawyer Island on NES, right? I just don't. <laughs> I just I just don't care about it, so I'm gonna try to get rid of it. But you know, I do care about the Ninja Turtles games. I do care about the Mario games. Yes. I do care about Zelda and Metroid, and and you know, I know those are pretty quote unquote generic ones to care about. But I do care about those games, and I would like to have them physically. And uh, I saw somebody on Twitter the other day, and I, I know we got to wrap up so we can get to yes. the after show. But I saw somebody the other day on tw- on Twitter had the first six nes games of mega man the first six mega man games uh this person's wife uh made a shadow box kind of display for them and they're behind glass but that like each cartridge is in like it looks like you know the little white squares around each boss and then the background is just kind of like a blue design that's what it looks like but each cartridge is in a boss slot instead of the boss so it looks it looks like the boss select screen on on Mega Man and it's awesome. Nice. Uh, uh, and in the middle, it just it has like a it might be an NES in the middle, which is really cool. Uh, and like maybe one day I'll do something like that, or you know just kind of keep the sleeves on them and keep them clean and and whatever. Because I I replaced the pins in my NES and Super Nintendo about four years ago, five years ago. Uh-huh. So they run like new. Uh, and you don't have to blow in the cartridges or slam them down and into the system. <laughs> uh, it just works like it should. So, uh, but yeah, I think emulation is important to a degree. Just don't do it illegally. Uh, you know, exp- and, and don't be a jerk when you're doing it. So, uh, yeah. But anyways, I want to thank everybody for watching this episode of Nintendo Power Block. Remember, you can find us live on Mixer Thursdays uh for now until i it keep up with us on twitter we'll we'll let you know what's happening with that uh you'll still find it live on saturdays on podcast services and youtube uh stay tuned on mixer if you're watching live for the nintendo power block retro games after show and i'll be playing a link to the past uh if you're not watching us live and you're listening to us on podcast service you can check uh the YouTube page or the websites for uh, the the Retro Games After Show the following Thursday. Uh, we're making our way through The Legend of Zelda, A Link to the Past, so check it out. You can follow me at CoreyNH2713 on Twitter. You can follow Ed at that retro code. You can download his podcast, Optional Opinion. You can check out the NX Show, which we are both on and Ed hosts, and I... Co- 
I'm there, I think. Uh, <laughs> uh, except for this weekend because of work. But anyways, I want to thank everybody so much for watching. Uh, like, subscribe, share. Make sure you rate us on your podcasters of choice. Rate us, review us, uh, send us a like, and uh, some social media stuff is happening uh, for Power Block. I just need to reset it all up. Uh, so we will have more information on that later. But anyways, I want to thank everybody for watching. And until next time, we love you. Bye, everybody. Woohoo!